Welcome back to Morning Show Uncut. So for those of you who are listening on audio, you can join us and watch the video live, or you can at least watch the video by joining the Substack. For those of you who are joining us now, we had a thousand views last week, or a thousand listens to last week. So it does look like the uh, podcast is a bit of a hit. And joining me is the co-host, Roman. For those of you who are uh, a little bit squeamish, you probably don't want to have the show been shown to your wives. I mean, we got a few comments about our swearing. And unfortunately, this is uncut. So the reality is that this week will probably be more foul language and more of our uncut, uncensored opinions. Hello, Ramon. Yes, hello, Byron. And I think today we've got the most retarded story of the year. And unfortunately, it concerns the DA and uh, the DA in Johannesburg's plans a couple stories in Joburg, don't we? Load shedding. So we've got a lot of stories, mostly about DA in Johannesburg. Hmm. It will go through the march because I was there, we made a video about it, and all sorts of other things to come. But first, my friends, the DA in Johannesburg, at least, I don't know whether this is part of the leadership of the DA or not, they have found a way to have load shedding with justice. Because news came out during the course of this week. I'm trying to keep a straight face, but it's very, very difficult for me to do that. They, of course, when she was mayor, and Paul Palazzi said, that she is uh, very interested in making sure load shedding isn't a huge problem for Johannesburg. So she had a she had an idea, right? A wonderful, wonderful idea. It's called the Ripple Relay System. And for those listening, just listen very, very carefully. What the Ripple Relay System does is that city power will remotely regulate power-hungry equipment such as geysers and swimming pool motors. So in essence, in essence... The city of Joburg is going to remotely cut off your geezer and your swimming pool motor and your electric blanket and your microwave to ensure that there's no load shedding. So they're going to leave you alone at home in the dark with none of the stuff that you actually want. You're going to have maybe one light available to you because they cut all the others off remotely. And therefore, this will you know help save the city from load shedding. But Byron, I think there's a bit of a, a hitch uh, in the plans because this is not saving you from load shedding. It's imposing load shedding through other means. <laughs> Therefore, load shedding with justice. Yeah, I mean, I've got, got a question this from this perspective, and that is uh, how will this actually work for Soweto? Because everybody knows if you try to walk into a Soweto house and say, like, I'm cutting off your whatever, then they'll pretty much cut off their legs. So the other thing is, you know, like, you can't exactly get to most people's houses in South Africa very easy. I mean, they've got high walls, big electric fences, and big guard dogs. And if you come anywhere near my house, probably a, a Gatling gun and Ed 209. So at the end of the day, how the hell are they actually going to get through the front door to actually turn anything off? And based on the education system, I'm pretty sure they don't know how to turn off the key components in the house. So I can see that big a giant fuck up. No, you're missing the hmm. point, my friend. You're missing the point. You see, the, the problem with the DS plan to remotely turn off your geezer and pull pump uh, is that it's 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 not good enough. What I propose is that the DA in Johannesburg hires, I don't know, how many people they want, 500,000 people, give them all bicycles, an eco-friendly way for the officials of the city to go to every single house in Joburg and manually switch off everything at the DB board. <laughs> so that they can be load shedding with justice so therefore yeah but that's that's my point i do get that but like how are you going to get them to the front door they'll be dead mate no 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 no. you're not understanding me right it's load shedding with justice 
eco-friendly transporting of of city officials and they are going to switch off the geezer right in front of your eyes because it creates jobs right that's why it's load shedding with justice i think it's a wonderful wonderfully stupid retarded idea and i can't believe that anyone thought that this would be something worthwhile in publicizing <laughs> we're not going to add I, more I, capacity I to the grid. we're not going to add anything else we're just going to have load shedding we're going to accept load shedding exists but we're just going to switch off residential areas to pinpoint accuracy and they're not going to they're not going to switch off residential areas they're going to switch off the key parts in your house that are hard demand whilst obviously leaving soweto untouched so it's basically the reallocation of of the network isn't it it's like we've only got so much we want to say we solve load shedding even though we didn't solve load shedding so what we'll do is we'll just reduce your electricity and then when you argue that we're breaching our constitutional mandate which is to supply you with electricity we'll go no no no. we didn't breach it we have provided you with six watts okay it might not be enough to light a candle but hey the constitution doesn't say how much watts huh it says it only has (laughs) says we only have to provide you with electricity (laughs) and we provided you with it we didn't provide you with a lot but hey let's not cobble huh like we did our part yeah, we did have parts. I know exactly what they're doing. Like, you got six watts. But to make this project a reality, they need to procure and distribute smart meters and communication systems, right? So that portion of the project will cost 175 million rand. And instead of turning power completely off, Palazzo, the former mayor of Johannesburg, says, we're able to supply homes with enough energy to power essential needs. Uh, what essential needs are, I have no idea. And the assumption that the city of Joburg can determine what an essential need is for any house in Joburg is so monumentally retarded and hilarious and and just it's just a biggest belief that not only was this plan even thought up, but they publicized it and made a huge media fuss about it. This is the way we get out of load shedding. It's just load shedding like in a globalist way. <laughs> And you know what? That's that's something that we've said many times, Ramon, you and I. We've always talked about this. Like, if the DA was in power during lockdown, was South Africa South Africa as a shit show, or was South Africa the New Zealand of Africa? You know, and it's like if the yeah. DA was in power, it probably would have been the New Zealand of Africa. And like these guys would have been pretty shitty to us. So I mean, we saw some of the crap coming out of Alan Windy's mouth whilst he was down there in Cape Town. And some of it was like I don't know. The guy, the guy was clearly gurgling on Bill Gates' private parts when he was saying them. So, yeah, I don't know, man. But could you imagine the DA actually being in charge of every every part of the country? And you know, DA's got good governance and all the other. You know, DA gets things done. You know the usual bull crap. But they're so bloody left wing, wokey, globalist type, Democrat types that it's like, I don't know if I like that, man. Like. Come up with all this globalist bull crap. Yeah, we'll just turn your electricity off and you can eat the bugs. In some respects, I prefer the ANC, man. Cause oh, very much so. Yeah. They, they ain't doing any of this shit. Like, okay, they steal all your money and they let your infrastructure fall apart and you've got no roads and, you know, you've got no electricity anyway. But at least they're like, hey, guys, we stole everything, so sort yourself out. And at least that gives you the, should we say, the, the frontier type feeling, right? You can be on the frontier of Africa. And rebuild your house off grid and you know they can come up with stupid ideas but we all know they're not getting implemented because they stole all the money yeah it's like imagine this was a, a an anc policy right 
we're going to come up with 136 million to install smart meters. Then all you you know you ain't getting no meter. Like someone took that 136 million, he built himself a new house, he spent some time in Ibiza, and then he delivered to everybody's house a piece of paper that you must write on it when you turned your shit off. And it's like it's great. And you'll be like, ah, that's 136 million. Yeah. It's like that's smart. It's a piece of paper. Get your own pen. Like I'm not providing the pen. No, no. So, well, but what's most annoying know, about the DA? So they got this damn retarded idea for Joburg, and then in Cape Town, in the same week, they got a great idea, right? Where the mayor of Cape Town says, "We're going to give you cash for excess generation of electricity thanks to your solar system." That is a far better idea than having this <laughs> this weird centralized command system where they switch off your geezer unilaterally. Like, how can you have in one political party a retarded idea? on one hand, and then, like, a good idea on the other hand. You know? Well, I'm glad you asked, because we said this to John, though, when we were down there, right? I mean, we spent a good bit of time with John, and we've talked to him, and we've had days with him, and gone out, and done whatever else. You know, as DA shills, they clearly get paid for everything to do with the DA. I don't know where the paycheck is. John, can you please send it to us already? We're still waiting. Um, but anyway, we said this to John before, like, the DA off the camera... It's like the Republican Party. And the DA on camera is like the Democrat Party on steroids. And we just wish the DA on camera was more like the Republican Party and not the Democrat Party on steroids because we've already got one of those. They're called the ANZ. And now you're sitting listening to an an ANZ, I mean a DA mayor in Johannesburg that frankly could join the EFF tomorrow and wouldn't be out of place. I mean, let's not forget, this is the same mayor that basically went on Twitter and she's like, I'm the first black woman in Joburg. Yay, look at my race. Aren't I great? Like, but the DA is meant to all be about meritocracy and not about, you know, melanin content. But here you have the melanin content mayor of Joburg. And I've got to ask you, Ramon, as a Joburg person that lives in Gangster's Paradise, is there something in your water, mate? Because it does seem like every time the DA gets a mayor up there, they all seem to like be of the same cot, they, the, the same cloth and the same cut. They all seem to be like obsessed by their, their melanin credentials as opposed to actually getting anything done. Well, I think there's a lot of stuff in the water, a lot of bacteria, iron, heavy metals, fluoride, probably. Uh, none of it's good by any means. But the great thing about living in Joburg is that, you know, the mayor is like a sort of a, a round table, it's like a roulette, right? You wake up one morning at this person, you wake up the next morning at someone else entirely you never heard of. And that's what happened this week, right? Like, at least you down there, right? When, when there is a change in government, it's sort of known, like we can expect that there will be a change of sorts. But right now, Nassim Adela Bay is far more uh, consistent. Stable. Stable. <laughs> than, than you know, that's the first time that's ever been said in the history of humanity well Very done much. pe well done so essentially uh the, to, to bring the story a little bit further on this retarded globalist way to have low chilling with justice is not going to happen because the mayor of Joburg is no longer the mayor of Joburg. Because the Patrick Alliance, which are gangsters and grifters for the most part, that's why we like them so much, uh, wanted to have all sorts of new portfolios attached to them in the city, economic development and in transport. And the DA says, you guys screwed us in the past. We don't want to give it to you. So therefore, the PA sided with the ANC and the EFF. And actually say we're very happy to have the PA given those portfolios, right? Here's the irony, though. 
By removing Mpopalatse as mayor of Joburg, this has helped Johnstein Hazen immensely in continuing to be the leader of the DA. Because Mpopalatse, as far as the rumors were concerned, was considering maybe running exactly for the leadership of the DA. But now, actually, they say in a quest to fuck John, has not done that. <laughs> so I think it's actually a good thing she's no longer mayor because, A, she's, she's a shocking mayor, useless, beyond useless. And number two, we're just going to go back to what we've always known in Joburg, where nothing works and uh, we pout of our ass for, for no service. At least now there's no excuse in thinking or any hope in thinking, oh, mate, it will get better with the DA. Now it's just a, a resignation that TIA applies to Joburg. I saw some great comments on Twitter about this. Lots of people are saying, right, okay, so who have we had in Joburg now? We've had like the DA, the ANC, the PA, the whatever else. They were all like, it's time, guys. It's time. EFF must have a municipality. And they were all like, let's give them Joburg. How bad can it be? At least it will be good content. huh? We'll all be laughing. We'll all be laughing hard. And you know what? <laughs> hey, man, as I don't live there. I'm kind of in agreement. Have fun, mate. Yeah, I'm I'm happy for the EFF to, to take part. I mean, there's not much you can do. It really looks like, you know, the worst parts of Kherson in, in the Ukraine after the Russians have bombed it for like two years. No doubt when Sergei Lavrov, the uh, foreign minister of Russia, he was in town last week, right? He must have driven past. He's like, wait a minute, our bombs reach all the way down here. I didn't know that. It's like, no, no, minister. That's how it looks like anyway. It's like, oh, okay. Sure. I was worried <laughs> about, you, about the bilateral negotiations between South Africa and Russia. Maybe we bombed you. Do you remember when Pope Benedict, I don't know if you ever saw this, being a foreigner and all, but, uh, you know, when I, was in the, when I was in the motherland, like Pope Benedict, the last great Catholic Pope, once rocked up in Luton in England and he got off the plane. And he, and he was very famous for having said to to his entourage, he said, have I arrived in England or Pakistan? I'm not too sure. Can you guys let me know? <laughs> and they're all like, oh, this guy's so racist. Like, how dare you say that? Like, I'm pretty sure this is the same situation. He's like, ah, South Africa, Johannesburg or Ukraine? They look the same. Yeah. No, they, they must have. They must have. So, I mean, funny enough, just going back quickly, just to finalize our, our our podcast on, on Johannesburg, where I live. Um, yeah, it's going back to the, the evil axis of evil alliance. So who knows who will be the mayor? Apparently Al-Jamal, the hardcore Sharia law, Muslim-loving party, wants to be the mayor. And I approve. I approve. Like, if they put in, like, law and order, like, everyone must go to mosque at, whatever, 5 p.m. If this, is run, if this is run like a Muslim city, like, you can only go up, mate. Like, those people don't give a shit about like human rights and stuff they'll just like fucking behead everyone <laughs> cut off your hand all i'm going to say is that if they take over and they implement like hardcore sharia law there the population of Joburg is going to decrease like you can't believe are they going to need like you know remember all those graves that anc were busy busy digging during the covid era <laughs> yes. they're going to need those graves because i'm telling you like you know the penalty for stealing and a little bit of rapey rapey and touchy and um and Islam is quite severe, right? So those graves are going to be full pretty quick. And let's just say the population of Joburg is about to have a rapid decrease in the, in numbers of people. In crime. Yeah, yeah. They won't have stupid globalist ways to reduce load shedding. They'll be like, if you're out at night, we chop off your head. 
Very simple. That's how you reduce crime. But you were you were out stealing. <laughs> hey, that's haram. You know yeah. what we do to haram activities, huh? Okay. Pick the grave. <laughs> and and if you think about it, right? If we do have a, a Sharia caliphate in Joburg, right, we're gonna solve obesity because it's gonna be Ramadan for forty days and forty nights, no eating during the day, no drinking either. We're gonna solve domestic violence, we're gonna solve trauma cases due to alcohol. Mate, I think Al Jamar should impose a Sharian caliphate in Joburg. It's going to be so good. The city will be like the best city in South Africa by far. No more drunk people, no more fat people. All the thieves will have one hand and there will be like lots of work for undertakers, which are good forthright taxpaying constituents of the state. What's the downside? And on to different news. This podcast is not sponsored by Bur Cola, but hey, man, these things are great. Hey, I mean, if you haven't already tried it, you should try some good old fashioned Bur Cola. Bur Cola, why the fuck aren't you sponsoring us, you bastards? Yeah. Uh, we can drink Bur Cola under Caliphate, but not Southern Brewery. Not Bur Beer. Yeah, Bur Beer, uh uh-uh. uh. No, but that's fine. Bur Cola is better anyway. Why are we even talking about them? So, yeah, what, what else is in the news, Byron, during the course of this week? We had fun with Joburg. Oh, I suppose we should talk about the march, the DA march to the Tuli House. To Loot Freely House? Yes, that's So, apparently, the, the ANC guys were all, like, doing their usual thing. They were rolling on the floor and hitting their feet and singing all sorts of struggle songs for a struggle none of them ever saw because they were all in diapers when it occurred. But, um... Apparently, they were all there saying, look how well we defended Loot Freely House. But you were there and you reported it, didn't you? And you were like, oh, you actually couldn't get through to it because they were so scared of being blixomed that they actually closed off the road. It's a bit like, do you remember in Scooby-Doo, they used to just have like little Shaggy and Shaggy would come there and he'd stand behind Scooby and be like, let me at him, let me at him. And everybody had to hold him back. And he didn't really want to end up in a scrap, but it was his way of like trying to act tough without getting anywhere. Sounds a little bit like the ANC thugs were doing that, my friend. Yeah, very much so. So I went, right, because I'm a DA shill. I had coffee. It's funny. I posted a, a, a photo on Twitter of myself with John Hazen and, and Leon Triber having coffee, right? And then someone says, oh, look, you see, Ramon, he's like the Adriano Mazzotti of the DA. <laughs> like, what does that mean? The assumption that I fund them in some way? I mean, it's better than being the Colney house of the DA. That's uh, in Port Palazzo. <laughs> So, yeah, anyway, so uh, we had coffee and then we went to the march, right? And I thought instead of me driving my wonderful Toyota to the the center of Somalia, I will just go with the DA guys because they had protection. So we went all together and I filmed uh, the course of the march. The police were very adamant that the ANC and the DA would never meet. It's like starstruck lovers. They would just never meet. So there were barbed wire fences across roads and... People shouting, unfortunately, I, I, I did see the ANC guys fighting the police and telling them to fork off and a variety of other things because the police wouldn't let them through to the DA marches because they wanted to go fight the DA guys. But I managed to squeeze through, went through the ANC side. They were throwing flashbangs around like there's no tomorrow. I don't know where they got from. Maybe like Denal or SANDF or who knows when, who knows what. And all the ANC guys, they were about... 300 ANC guys, about 3,000 DA guys. And the ANC guys, there was this overwhelming sense that they were all pissed. Like, not in terms of anger, in terms of, like, alcohol consumption. They were slurring their words. They were they, 
a lot of them had shambox and were like just whipping the air. A lot of them were rolling on the floor, thinking they were doing like a military exercise. It was very weird. It was very weird. And this is like not far from my house. This is like down the road from my house. And I'm like, it's a completely different world here. <laughs> Jovex CBD in my place. You would, it's not at all the same thing. But yeah, the march was fun. Unfortunately, no blood or snot or rocks being thrown, which is a pity. I would love that for that to have happened. Yeah, so I believe they also were like, ah, down with these racists, down with pink people. But mm. mate, I, I watched your videos. I'm sure if you haven't watched it, guys, go watch it. It's a good video. Like, Give us some love. Share it around. Have a laugh at the ANC pricks. But I had a look at that DA thing. I watched it live. The DA streamed it. Did an all right job, I suppose, at streaming it. But, you know, I, I spoke to you about it afterwards. And the one comment I had is it was very hard to tell the DA march from an ANC march. It sounded like very similar. Like they had clearly got some ANC guys who had come over to the DA and now they were like doing ANC stuff in the DA environment. And I got to be honest, man. So it was actually a very local localized with localized people of a certain demographic that were at that March. And I didn't see many pink people. So the allegation that it was just pink people marching on loot freely house did seem a little bit off i also saw the spokesperson of the african national corruption party um he said that apparently the da only managed to get people there because they're paying them 10 rand and that seemed kind of funny because news came out afterwards that the anc youth guys were pissed with the anc because no one paid for their transport home like, what's the truth in that? So apparently that is true. I mean, we left before the ANC guys dissipated. So so for a fact, I know that uh, when you organize a march, I actually spoke to some of the DA guys on, on the ground. So how do you organize this? He says, well, you have activists across Houting. You tell those activists to, to generate uh, activists to come to the march, and then you organize a transport for those people to come to the march. You don't just expect them to rock up. So you pay for buses, and you pay for them to come to the area where the march is taking place. You don't want people to spend money to come. You offer it to them. And then there were buses going back, right? After the march is done, you congregate to a certain area and the buses come and deliver you where they picked you up earlier in the day. That's how it works. For the ANC guys, apparently they were delivered or dropped off at the march and there was no one to take them back home. Funny enough. So that just shows you what... The ANC thinks about his own young lions, as they like to call themselves. But they were all drunk. I mean, all the ANC guys were were, were drunk. It's as clear as day to me. If they weren't drunk, they were high. That sounds like every ANC minister we've ever seen on TV, my friend. Yeah, then they, then they say, no, they've got blood sugar issues. Like, no, mate, you're fucking pissed. <laughs> yeah, blood sugar issues from all the... From all the sugar in the alcohol content, you know, yeah, like from, beer is very high in sugar. From all the from all the Johnny Blue, mate, that thing doesn't, you know, doesn't leave your system. Black label, my friend. Jeez, no, come on, come on, man. These are the corrupt entrepreneurs, man. Only Johnny Blue will do well for them. So yeah, I went to the march. It's that's, that, that's why I think the Lamy Zuma hates alcohol so much because she's just like it's it's hidden, it's hidden personal demons, you know, like yeah. 
Hey, I'm I'm the hip hop guy on on morning shot. Like I like I like a bit of hip hop, and I tell you who's the best at it. Tom McDonald, man. Tom McDonald. If you ever listen to any Tom McDonald songs, just go just go listen to Tom McDonald. What a great song! But he has a he has a he has one of his songs is called Church, and it's about how basically alcoholics every time they go and they get pissed and they walk into a bottle store, they just like pray somebody locks the bottle store and stops them from going and buying the alcohol because they know they just can't not buy it like they have to have it and they just pray to god that like somebody blows up the store but they're going to walk in anyway and buy the alcohol and get pissed and i'm pretty sure that's what's happening with uh, the lummy zuma man like she's like ah if i ban alcohol for everybody then that will cure my alcoholism yeah this makes sense to me yeah maybe so maybe so but the, the march was very underwhelming um there's something about south african politics that is extremely degrading Right, like it's you basically putting on like a circus show for your tribe, and I, I think people might hate me for saying this, but like the DA guys, if you didn't know that they wore blue T-shirts, they all got one when they arrived, I assume, you would think that it's a, a, a protest, like any other protest. It could have been a, a strike by a union, it could have been a ANC rally, it could have been anything, but because they wore blue, you know, it's a DA rally. But it seems to me like there is, it's it's all the same. You sort of try to go the lowest common denominator. So you get someone who sings, you get someone who says, foot sack, load shedding, and everyone like repeats it. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's, it's, and it's, it's completely degrading to me. Um, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. For me, I could never do it. I could never be a politician in South Africa. I, I tried before. Thankfully, I failed. But it's, I don't know, there's something degrading about being a politician. You're like a, a, not a circus clown, that's the wrong term, but it's, yeah, you have to be there to really understand it. You're like, what, what the hell am I doing here? I've got to say though, man, when it gets through to watching these people make an embarrassment of themselves, like the ANC's got a crack. Like you watch their marches and it's like, it's, it's a sink, there's a bit of energy and a vibe. Yeah, okay, they're all stoned out of their fucking head and they're all as pissed as they come, but at least they kind of like they jive together, you know, and they're like they jam and they get on. But you know, watching the DA try like replicate it was to me personally was like really cringe. It was like you know when they turn around, they're singing their songs like Mashimi Wame and like they like kiss the boor, the boor boor kiss the boor. Right? They get it, they get a go for it, and then you've got Johnny's like Footsack ANC, say it with me, everybody, Footsack ANC. That was okay, you let's all do it again. Put that ANC. He didn't say that. Come on. I, I know this is a morning shot uncut. We're not fake news. Rob Hussam said put that ANC. It's just fuck funny, man. It's just like, this doesn't work, man. Like, it's just funny. But but maybe it does work. Maybe we're the ones who are like, like super snobs at the end of the day, right? Because we would think, I don't know, having like a... Like, I actually watched a few speeches by Os- Oswald Mosley the other day. You know, the, the very famous fascist, English fascist. And yeah, you can agree with what he says, but his ability to hold an audience and to say a speech coherently with, with like, uh, the language he uses, like, it's really interesting to see. But that mm. time's over. Now it's like, let's go to the lowest common denominator and make people feel like they're part of something. It's not about the strength of your arguments. It's about... 
the vibe, bro. It's like, you know, what vibe can you create? That's just modern politics, <laughs> I'm afraid. But that's what I'm saying. When you get like the EFF there and they chance away and they do their little dances and stuff, like they get a groove going, they get yeah. a, they get some energy, and then there's like the DA one. Futsagansi? No, man. Can I say it with me again, everybody? Futsagansi? No, like, no, 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 no. Just, I was there. The vibe was cringe, good. Man. The vibe was good. The vibe was very good. I'm, I'm going <clears> to <throat> defend the, the DA's, uh, you know, vibe. In- you shall, you DA shall, yeah, DA shall. There he is, guys. That's the guy. He has one Mazzotti meeting with <laughs> with John Stianazen. John buys him a coffee, and that's all it took. Yeah, one coffee. I mean, who do you think paid? Who do you think paid for the sound speakers? It was Morning Shot guys. We did it. <laughs> that's a joke, by the way. YouTube money goes that far. <laughs> we paid for the tour, the tour bus. Yeah, we paid for the all mini the, one. All the security guards. Oh, there were a lot of security guards. About 12 biggest bosses I've ever seen in my entire life. I actually tried to get them on camera. So they're like, they look, they really, they're really mean looking, right? When you have, try to have them on camera, like they refuse to talk to you. Like, oh no, um, I don't know what to say. Like they were actually very humble guys. Very nice guys. So yeah, we paid for those as well. uh, Just by the way. So yeah, it's fun while you're there because you feel a vibe but after the fact you're like that's very weird and it's not my idea of a good time but as a politician you just have to do it so what yeah i don't know nothing much else to say apart from (laughs) (laughs) that was rob not john rob herself that is not john anyway i have no comments to make on that mate like so the the so another news article we can go through. Did you see uh, Checkers? Checkers took out some uh, adverts in the UK and Australia. I and saw that. It's very based. How, 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 great, how great were those adverts? Those adverts are like, we know we don't have Checkers in Australia. We know we don't have Checkers in the UK. But hey, guys, why the fuck are you living in the UK or Australia? It's much better in South Africa. We have a much better standard of living. Look how much you're paying for your shit here. And look how much you pay for it in South Africa. Much cheaper. Why don't you move back to South Africa? These guys, I almost want to, if the CEO is watching, whoever you are, the marketing guy, give me a call. I want to shake your hand. That's all I want to do. I want to shake yeah. your hand. Like this marketing campaign was just ace, man. It was just so smart. It, it is It is really smart. So they're basically checkers wants to remind immigrants of savings back at home. And, and it's savings on like champagne. <laughs> It's not like staple food or pap or something. No, it's like champagne. Like, did you know, for example, at Checkers, a bottle of Moete Chandon costs 408 Rand less than at Woolworths in Australia and 300 Rand less than Marks and Spencer in England. So you can buy a bottle of champagne for like half the price if you come back to South Africa. Like, that's, that's, the, check- that's the Checkers advert. I think that's great. And, and Checkers are basically saying, listen, when it comes to good food and wine, the grass is not better in England. I mean, England doesn't have any food. So, in terms of culture, <laughs> the problem is they're not wrong. That's the problem. It's not a problem. And I know we're going to get all is those it? people that are like, "Oh, you, you people are just living within your assholes again because you know you just love South Africa that much that you, you know, fuck all." But actually, they're not wrong. It's actually really, it's actually a really smart advert, and it's actually true. No, it is true. Like according to Checkers, they say it's not just to sell groceries. These adverts is to sell a better lifestyle. It's starting to sound like Cape Town estate agents. No, don't come here for the money. Don't come here for anything. Just think about the lifestyle, bro. Think about the lifestyle. 
I like problem it. is I'd, I have to think about the lifestyle with bloody Cape Town Karens. Now I like the Eastern Cape, my friend. I know, which which actually moves along quite nicely to my next point I want to make in this video. I was thinking, so Dobby Skultz, who is a political analyst uh, on 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 Twitter, he says Eastern Cape is funny. Like the ANC is like at a record level of of support there. They never dip below 75%. They always win. And he made this point on Twitter. And I thought to myself, you know what, guys? Not to be sound like a dick. Do you want to live in a place where the ANC actually runs everything? Overwhelmingly. And I think, yes. I think if you want to live a good life in South Africa, you need to live either in the Northern Cape or in the Eastern Cape, because the ANC wins both quite well. And I'm going to explain why. The Eastern Cape, there's nothing to burn down, right? The ANC hasn't built anything in 30 years, right? So there's nothing to burn down. Uh, when the causes get a bit cross, they twerk for water, which is fantastic, much better than burning shit down, because there's nothing to burn down. So they twerk instead, right? Causes in general are peaceful people. They want to debate and have all the stakeholders involved before they make a decision. So nothing ever gets fucking done. No, they want to get pissed uh, before the decision gets made. Right. And then they don't make a decision because they're nursing the hangover and didn't come to work the next day to make the decision. <laughs> I no. live in the Eastern Cape, mate. I know the, I know the vibe. Yeah, I know so the vibe. You, exactly. So you live there. So I'm thinking to myself, I know the Eastern Cape relatively well. I love the the, the sort of Clan Carew side. I love Hrofrenet. I love Yudinoch. Uh, <clears throat> PEs are shithole, don't go there. But if you wanted to live a good life in South Africa, off the grid, and you didn't have to make money within your geographical area, Eastern Cape is probably the best place to live. <clears throat> and I'm not even joking about that. You can live off the grid, very low expectations, peaceful poverty all around you. What's wrong with wanting to do that? Well, as I actually do that, and that's the lifestyle I live, nothing made. Absolutely nothing. I'm not, you know, I have a restaurant around this area. I will uh, tell Morning Shot about that at some point and we'll, uh, we'll publicize that. You can all come to my restaurant. Ramon won't be there. We, we don't invite him. We blacklist him. Yeah. His credit's not good yet. It's not good yet. He never pays. So the, the, other, the other side of it is, you know, outside of that, obviously all my business interests are, are foreign. So, uh, yeah, I have, my, I have my big farm here. I have my big place off grid. A sheep in the field, and uh, no one bothers me. I pay. I pay my rates. I never see a municipal van ever. We never see a speaker. Sure I'm pretty sure they don't exist. I know we see. We see. We see. We see speed cops, but you know, here we don't call them speed cops. We call them uh, coke can bravers. As long as you've got a couple of coke cans in your car, a cool drink, you're fine. Like you can 200 kilometers an hour. Ah, that's three cool drinks, huh? That's three. <laughs> we all know the price. Cheaper than Joburg. Joburg, you need at least, at least 300 rand cash before you get away with anything. Down there, you just need a can of Coke. Brilliant. But seriously, Byron, I mean, you live there. You can talk to people about this. I visited you um, at your place. Very nice. Everything's off to the grid. But it's a very peaceful way of living, right? There's, there's no expectations around you. The people over there are, as I said, the rates would be poor, but... There's nothing else. Like it's a it's a sort of constant sense that has been like this for two hundred years, it'll continue to be like this for another two hundred years. And because the ANC and because the ANC governs overtly at seventy five percent, there's no political tension at all. Because there's nothing to be tense about. 
No, the only time there's any political tension is when they ask for more money from the ANC and the ANC is like, hey, guys, we're at our max. We don't have any more money. You know, we need we need some money to, to steal also. Huh? Like, come on. We can't give it all to you. Where's my cut? So at the end of the day, that's that's the only time we have tensions. And then the ANC have a very, should we say, uh, particular set of skills. We all know what they do. They burn down the building. It's gone. Then they lose their job. And then that magically cuts the budget anyway. See see what they did there? Ah, they saved the city money. Huh? See? Yeah. Okay, there's no city left because you burn it down. But let's not talk semantics. They still save money. And that's how we do things in the Eastern Cape. Yeah, yeah, and I know quite a few friends who live there in the rural areas and in the sort of suburban areas of, of PE and Jeffreys Bay and those sort of places. And you're not going to get like a five-star Michelin-star restaurant, but who the fuck wants to go there anyway, right? You're just going to have good, honest people. I, I disagree, man. Like we've what? we've got some fantastic restaurants here in PE. I, I'm not going to lie, man. Like, so there's there's a Japanese restaurant here in PE. It's actually owned by a guy who's a professional chef from Japan. He's actually a master chef from Japan. And his restaurant actually looks like a proper Japanese restaurant. I lived in Japan for a year. I've had some experience in Japan. Man, this restaurant, brilliant, lovely. There's a lovely, there's some lovely restaurants in uh, in Jeffrey's Bay, Kitchen Window. You went there. You liked it. It's all, it's all really good. I, I went to That's Kitchen Window. That, that, yes. 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 They had smoked, ah, was it brisket or whatever from the smoker? And it was like 120 bucks, and it was a big mm. piece of prime beef rib, and it was it was delicious actually. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole meal for lunch for four four people was about 400 bucks, and yeah, which is an average meal here in Joburg for two people. <clears throat> so yeah, um, but it's not five star, but it's still good food. So you're not going to get luxury in the Eastern Cape, but you're going to get peace, which I think more people want than luxury. Mm. Yeah, I just think that some of the places is like in PE that we got some fantastic restaurants made, like some really, really nice restaurants. I, I couldn't, I couldn't argue with them. So we got another one. We got, uh, I, don't, I don't know, did we take you there? I think, I, no, I definitely took you there. I took you to uh, Coachman's down yeah. in PE and you had this massive, huge fuck off ribeye steak. The one that apparently no one's meant to be able to eat because it's that big. Yeah, it was I a T-bone steak. I polished, you polished it, off, it off. Like so easily. I don't know. What, what do people in PE, they can't stomach a, a proper steak? Come on. It wasn't that big. And we had dessert after that. It's half, it's half a fucking cow, man. Yeah, it's half a fucking cow. <laughs> but yeah, how can, how can you guts. turn around this? How can you turn around and say that there's no... There's no good restaurants in the southern world. I didn't there's, say there's no good restaurants. Here. I said there's no Michelin star restaurants and there's unlikely to be some. But I think there's peace. I think there's 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 poverty all around you, so there's not much much political tension. The ANC rules overwhelmingly. Nothing ever gets built. So if you want to live off grid peacefully and make money on the internet, I would live in the Eastern Cape, without a shadow of a doubt. Yes, I would. Yeah. That way, that's where I live. <laughs> you do as well. Now you know why. But that's mm. the morning shot uncut recommendation of the week. Uh, if you want to live peacefully and lovely. In, in South Africa, Eastern Cape, man. Forget about the Karens in the Western Cape. Forget about the sheep farmers in Northern Cape. Forget about the EFF taking over in Pumalanga and Limpopo. You don't want to live there. You want to live in the Eastern Cape. You've got beautiful crew towns, a lot of Afrikaners, 
and a lot of causes. And they've been living together since 18 foot I got, I got a shitload of Afrikaners where I live, mate. It's like, and I ain't that good at Afrikaans. So actually it makes me as an angler a little bit like uh, pushed out the community. Yeah? I'm surrounded by, by, by borders everywhere. Like, yeah. shit, man, this place is like border central. And they're good neighbors. So, and they're good neighbors. So yeah. They, they, they're good in so far as like, just remember, like even where I am, I'm like, uh, I've got a ranch there and I'm one ranch of eight. And then all of our ranches over the entire place is like boarded off and secured and whatever. But they like, people have to crunch, cross two ranches to get to mine. You know, open filter, snappers, they, they see you coming. Huh? And some, some of the, some of the guys have pigs on their farms, you know? So I'm very, I'm very happy with the security of my place. I don't need ADT. I've got, I've got, I've got porker, I've yeah. got porker and Percy pig, and uh, I don't really need to say more, mate. But nothing, nothing ever. Everybody knows that, especially where I live. So uh, no one ever does anything because you know yeah. porkers be hungry, man. Yeah, yeah. Like I've been feeling like a sniper's dream, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I know we have free speech on Substack, but uh, we should stop talking about what we do on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> so the final story for the week. Um, I don't know. It's been a very quiet week. Load shedding is still up to shit. Um, I don't know. Anything come across your desk, Byron, that's worthy of, of talking about? Well, loads have come across my desk, but is it really worthy of talking about? I mean... We could talk about how there's a conference going on right now. And at that conference, they're talking about uh, the vaccine side effects. We could also talk about how uh, Britain has now stopped all forms of boosters for anybody under the age of 50 because it's actually not safe for them. We could talk about the news article that uh, was circulating during the week that basically was the vaccinator saying, why did the unvaccinated not warn us more about this horrible vaccine? And all the vac- all the unvaccinated were like, you wanted to imprison us, you fuckheads. So, you know, we could talk about that, but to be frank, it'd be really boring. It'd just be more of the same, wouldn't it? Why don't we talk about germ? I like germ, and this is a free speech platform. I want to know, why did germ, Jeremy Nell, why did he go and copy our fucking interview with Doug Wilson? Like, we did that first, man. Like, come on. We don't have... Get your own ideas, you we don't have rights. We don't have rights to, to guests. Come now. <laughs> come now. But what is... It? Just the last thing, right? So the Global Mail, right, which is a, a Canadian-based newspaper or whatever or global post i can't i can't see the bloody thing now they're talking about the BRICS countries and south africa trying to create a sort of new world order through multipolar world right which is what mm. Putin wants where there's no globalization there's just uh, you know territories of influence and countries can self-actualize based on national interests and things like that and they were talking about it like this was a bad thing and we are of the opposite opinion. This is the only time we actually agree with the ANC in terms of in terms of this, where the ANC says, you know what, what would be good for South Africa? Russian nuclear substations, manufacturing of China, maybe a common currency with Saudi Arabia, China, India, Brazil, and Russia. And therefore, we want to rely on that far more than we wish to rely on trans rights and the dollar, because which is what you get if you are friends with America. So in one sense, we completely agree in this respect. We think South Africa should be part of the multipolar world, not the globalist world. But on the other hand, 
all the countries in that won the multiple award, like BRICS, are no doubt laughing hysterically at South Africa. <laughs> Because what the fuck can we contribute <laughs> to the multipolar world? Not much. Not Some much. Goonie cows. Yeah. Goonie cows. Come on, man. Okay, maybe Goonie cows. Thing. I think Goonie cows and uh, yeah, post 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 industrial <laughs> Goonie cows. <laughs> yeah, we used to right. be able to say chickens, but you know, like we lost uh, we lost some of our chicken stock because of load shedding. Yeah, that's true. So it's load shedding. Oh. Yeah, so we agree in the multipolar world, but I had a very good argument, a very good argument, a very good uh, discussion with someone who's a very good friend of, of, of to the channel. And Byron, I didn't t- tell you about this before. He said how great load shedding is, like it's the best thing that could happen to South Africa. And he said it in this way: Number one, it doesn't really affect the economy because the economy shit. If you are a good business, you'll survive and thrive and find alternatives. If you're a shit business, you're gonna die. And basically what it does, it removes... We said that during our video, Buddha Marker Plan. Indeed, mm-hmm. and, it, and it basically echoes what we're saying. But of course, he's far more erudite than us when we talk about these things. <laughs> but he says, what it does is it completely decimates the link between business and the state. So the longer load shedding carries 100%. on, the better and more robust the economy does become in the private... It becomes state-proof. Sense. Exactly. It becomes far more state-proof than if load shedding was not an issue. And then the company that dies, yeah, they will die. I mean, they died because of COVID. If, if your company does that, you know, we feel sorry for you. Don't get me wrong. But the one that will survive will survive basically anything except a nuclear attack. And no one's going to attack us because we have nothing of value. So maybe we should say low shedding should stay for a very long time to increase the statelessness of South Africa. That's how you become a true pioneering nation. And I'm talking about nation in terms of the people, not in terms of the geography by just cutting off that umbilical cord between the state and the private sector. So actually, we should be in favor of load shedding, not against it. How's that for so I'm So I'm actually in agreement with this. Uh, and maybe actually that does bring us on to a couple other topics, uh, just thinking about it. So the first is, you, you've seen that we, we got criticized quite a lot for the Putin, the Putin war. Let's call it the Putin war. Because we actually went to go see the Russian ambassador. You remember that? I, that was a great video. And uh, we actually said to him, like, Tell, tell us, like, what's what's the deal here? Like, why why is Russia getting pissed? And he said, well, you know, at the end of the Soviet Union uh, in the 90s, like, when the Soviet Union fell, we signed this pact with the West. And the pact was that NATO would never expand. But there was one land specifically that we singled out. And we said, if you ever expand to this territory specifically, this will mean that you violated the pact and it will mean war. And the territory was Ukraine. Now, in modern times, they said, if you recall, the actual words used was NATO will not expand one inch more. And obviously it has. It's expanded shitloads and the Russians have just sat there. Now, obviously, the Russians got rid of the, the or the Ukrainians got rid of the government that was pro-Russian and they installed a pro-EU government. And they applied to join the EU and then de facto they applied to join NATO. And it was a little bit like the Russians were saying, at what point do we say You've punched us in the face so much. How long do we stand quiet? And one of the things that they mentioned during the whole thing was they said, you know, at the end of the day, you came up with this treaty. We signed it and we went along with it. And there were certain clauses in there, things that you told us that we should be really keen on, like property rights and freedom of speech and freedom of expression and protecting your sovereign, your sovereignty and your democratic states. And then they're like, Right. So the minute we did something, you expropriated all our Russian property without any compensation, which they did. 
you cut off all Russian platforms and you stop talking. So freedom of speech meant nothing to you. We weren't allowed to talk. You didn't respect our sovereign borders because you were quite happy to violate that with sending troops and shit into Ukraine. And they were like, all the promises you made us were mm. lies. And they said, at what point in time do we keep taking the insults until we do something about it? It's a bit like you keep punching me in the face. And when am I going to punch you back? Like, and they felt that this was the course and then punch you back. Now, I think the reason most people get upset about the whole thing is because it is Russian troops in Ukraine and there are people dying, right? So there, there is yeah. a legitimate reason to be upset. It's not good to see any form of conflict. With that being said, let us remind ourselves at the start of this conflict. Joe Biden said, ah, we're never going to send troops and tanks to Ukraine because, you know, that would be the start of World War Three, and that would escalate the whole thing. And then they were like, oh, we're only sending money and then we're only sending bullets. And now in the last few days, it has turned out that apparently the UK, Germany and America are sending tanks to Ukraine. Their most advanced tanks in the world are going to Ukraine to fight against Russia. And so I now have to ask a relevant question, which I think a lot of people are asking. I don't know what your view is on this. Are we at the verge of World War Three, man? Because like, this is escalating pretty quick now. Eh? So, so I don't think we are at the verge of World War Three. It's very much a proxy war, as we said right at the beginning, right? If you look at, at, at who's, who are the winners and the losers in this conflict between Russia and Ukraine, biggest loser is Ukraine by far, right? It's decimated from both sides, Definitely right? Cares. Both both wanted, and, and no one cares about Ukraine fundamentally. Uh, the second biggest loser is Europe. Europe's going to become a slave to America. They're going to cut all their manufacturing. They're going to have alternative energy sources from America at much higher prices than what Russia was giving them in the first place. The two winners, small winners, Russia. They're going to impose their will. They're going to get something from this. Putin is not under threat. There's no coup against him. He doesn't have Alzheimer's. None of that shit is true, as far as I know, and I've got good sources on that. The biggest winner, however, is America, right? America is going to dominate Western Europe. America is making sure that Russia cannot expand and have more influence than it already has. And they're very happy to use Ukraine as a proxy for that. America's great goal is to actually break Russia apart into a real federation i.e russia has how many federation how many states in russia 20 something like that and the federation of russia is basically all of these different states like dagestan and uh, there's another one yakub and the various other ones they want to break russia apart and make all those states independent states so that the power structure of russia is completely taken away and therefore america gains more control of of the global narrative and global power so at the end of the day, this is exactly what is happening, and Ukraine is the proxy for all of it. Is it going to be World War Three? I don't know because if if Putin dies or is overthrown in a coup, which is which is which is impossible in my view, who's who's the replacement? Dmitry Medvedev, right, the former president of Russia. Have you looked at Dmitry Medvedev's Twitter profile and tweets? They are constantly talking about launching nuclear weapons. <laughs> And he's the moderate nice. one, right? In inverted commas, he's the moderate one. So if you take out, you take out Putin, you're gonna get Medvedev, and he's like, "I'm gonna fucking nuke Great Britain <laughs> like tomorrow if I." So, so he actually, so he said, he said, if the Brits give Ukraine their tanks, he will deem that to be a direct act of aggression against Russia. 
Yeah. In which case, Russia will nuke the living daylights out of the Britain and send it back to the Stone Age. That was actually his words. And I was like, shit, this guy ain't kidding. Like, he's actually serious. He wants to nuke the UK back to oblivion. And you got to ask yourself a question, man. Like, is this, is this genuine? I mean, on the plus side, you may recall, uh, it was ages ago, I sent you a study. And um, you may recall, I sent you this graph. And uh, it actually says that if World War Three went tomorrow and nukes were dropped in all the places, these are the places that would get blown blown up and they would all be turned into rubble. And these are the places that would escape the blast zone and would be fine. And, hey, we live in the green zone because yeah. hey, nothing happens here. Like, no one's nuking us. Yeah, there's nothing to so, destroy. And therefore, that's why you should move to the Eastern Cape because it's even further in the green zone. <laughs> So far in the green zone, we don't even have cities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, what, what's going to happen to me is this is going to be escalation on both sides. I think the conscripts of Russia are, are coming up. There's 500 or 600 or 700,000 new troops that are available. And Russia, as always, they take their time, man. We keep thinking about war as like quick fire hits, advancing. This is not Mongolia, guys. This is modern warfare, and the Russians do it very well. They take what they can and they just wait and they just wait and they just wait. Once they got the opportunity, they move it a little bit more. Then they wait, then they wait, then they wait. This is going to be another two, three years of nonsense. Where it ends, I have absolutely no idea. But I do know that when it does end, Ukraine is going to need as much BlackRock money as possible to rebuild everything that was uh, destroyed by uh, America and, and Russia. So I don't know. We will have to see. Where... Bring it up. Bring it up for the viewers. Now, this is another reason why you might want to actually pay to join the, the podcast. But here's, here's the supposed uh, study that was done of who would get blown up to smithereens. Bring up the, the photo, Ramon. Yes. And there you'll see. Uh, it drops very slow this... today. Apologies. That's right. You'll see that uh, there it is. South Africa is in the, in the green. And who else is in the green? Well, it looks like Brazil. Everyone else is fucked but hey we're fine so uh hey if you haven't already you should really think about uh moving either back to south africa or, or staying here because man the narrative in, in in russia is uh accelerating pretty quick uh, and it's like even for us like we we follow the news on a daily basis and this is obviously what we do but shit man it's uh it's escalating pretty quick huh yeah, it really is. Let me just bring it up so everyone can see. There is the green zone. There it is. So it's basically Zimbabwe, Namibia, Botswana, South Africa, and the bottom half of Argentina. Everywhere else, you are so screwed. Sorry, guys. So just if you fire. actually look where all the, the bombs are dropping, the North America is fucked. And that makes sense. And so is Canada. Bye, Justin. Uh, Australia is fucked, but only on one part of it. I mean, no one cares about Western or is that Western Australia? And um, Japan's fucked. Europe is just... Oh, check. If you if you look, they've got some lots of bombs around the UK, so that place is definitely getting fucked. Turning to Luton. Uh, yeah, by Luton. Um, India's fucked. China is definitely fucked. You see, Japan's got like four bombs on it, so people are still pissed at Japan for some reason. Uh, and obviously, Russia's got a few bombs on it. So... Yeah, man. And then you can see the red zones, which is uh, where all the radiation is going to go to. And uh, there's South Africa, man. Like, yeah. We're fine. Right we're fine. 
We arrived at the bottom, and the best thing the Nats ever did was destroy all nuclear weapons so the ANC couldn't get get them when they got into power. That's the one thing the Nats did, which has worked out very well. But, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, we have to end it there. Thank you so much for watching. If you do like this, why not become a paid subscriber on Substack? It will cost you 80 rand a month, depending on the dollar price. And you get this. You get the video production of this, and we're going to create spicy content. So do for Substack subscribers as well. So just check the link in your podcast app or wherever you get this particular podcast. Thank you for listening, everyone. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you the next one. Absolutely. Thanks. Cheers.